Whether we wanted it or not, we stepped into the war with the Cabal on Mars. Oh god, why, why am I Sean Connerying it? <laughs> That's fine. That sounded good. Yeah? Yeah. I can uh, I would have Sean Connery this shit. Whether we wanted it or not, we stepped into the war with Cabal on Mars. So let's get the taken off their command. One by one. Ballas Tayuk. Find a spot around the fireplace, you goons. It's time for another tale of Casual Master Quest. Welcome to the beautiful show that is Casual Master Quest. Welcome to the Guild, the show where the adventure of video games has no final chapter. I'm Tyler Vinatone. Over there is my partner, Nick. Nick, how is it going? It's going pretty okay. Rolled out of bed casually at 12 in the afternoon today. Wow, look at yeah. you. Uh, you. You noon riser, you. Hmm. Yeah, well, well, uh, me and my roommate were up uh, last night till about 4-ish a.m. Drinking gin and watching the 1998 French film Taxi with the, the young Marianne Cotillard. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. Man, look at you, 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 you party animal, you. I, oh. I will let you know I'm a man of culture. Time. Oh yes, of course. You you have the finest of French cuisine. I mean, taste of movies. <laughs> oh man, it's it's been a week. It's been another it's fun been week. week. It's holy crap! So much is going on. I I got like I'm in a sinking ship right now that is still afloat. But I like uh, it's kind of like that moment from uh, one of the Pirates of the Caribbean movie where people keep cannoning, balling my ship, and Jack Sparrow's like, stop. Putting holes in my ship. I remember that moment. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I got duct tape and freaking planks everywhere. Like, I'm a pro in Sea of Thieves and repairing my ship and stopping it from sinking. So I got this handled, but what? Oh, no, I burped. I oh, okay. Got picked up. That was his week, everybody. No, <laughs> how's your week been going, man? Um, it's been okay. It's been slow in terms of everything else outside of school. Um, I'm building a, uh, for my final, I'm in a web design course. Um, and for my final project, I have to build a portfolio. And building a portfolio from scratch is, is challenging. Not, not code-wise, but purely design-wise. Because oh, yeah. I'm, de- I'm not a designer. Um, and so it's, and, and th- th- there's a very, there very is, uh, there's very much an emphasis on things being unique. And that's sort of stressing me out a little bit because it's not like they're they're like okay reinvent like the websites you know show me something you know groundbreaking you know world renowned uh, like kind of like reason it's something like that but it's it's like it has to like sort of separate set you apart from everybody else but it also has to be unique to your own style of like design and so i'm freaking out a little bit there uh but beyond that there's i i hate drivers Tyler, I hate I hate people. Hate drivers. I hate drivers that aren't me. Okay, so uh, this is interesting. A lot of people, uh, and it was an original statement on my end. Then I realized that pretty much everybody says that they say they have the worst drivers in their state. And it's like, oh, Indiana drivers. Oh, you you got nothing. Oh no, Washington Washington drivers suck. They're 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 some of the worst drivers in Washington compared to British Columbia, anyways. And I haven't driven in many parts of the states, so don't take my word as like like the only true word or like that's fact. But the Washington of drivers, yeah, but Washington drivers suck. Okay, um, what's the story? You, you, okay, you so get- here, so okay, look, 
it's it's a green light all right both both uh, opposite sides are going i'm going the other side they're going Everybody's and then there's going. a guy yes every, and then there's a guy with on on the um you know on the right lane going left he's got a red light on his side he decides that there's enough space and there's really not that much space for him to come and he's in like in the middle lane too but to come halfway into the intersection on a red light he comes halfway into the intersection on a red light and then he decides i'm going to turn right instead and then he turns right into my lane oof on a I wet mean, day if if it's a blinking red light it's okay so maybe what happened was he started blinking too much and it was a solid red light so he thought it was a blinking what, light so what happened he was he has he has an iq of under 20 and he should be a, castrated and his license taken away from him Ooh. because none of his other none of his descendants should ever drive ever again okay so <laughs> that that Perfect. is a hell of a hot okay, so, so, uh, okay so i don't know about I, I don't know about um um in in like middle so with us if you have a red light on your side but in your, you're in the right most lane as long as it's free to go you can turn right yes so i can understand if he did that and he misjudged the distance or whatever and turned into the right most lane Right, I have a problem when people turn right but turn into the middle lane or the leftmost lane when you're supposed to be turning into the rightmost lane. You know, I had an actual issue with that too, and it kind of dragged into me into the truck driving phase. But hey, if I'm driving a truck and I'm making a right turn, I'm supposed to turn into the most outer lane if I need to. And so, yeah, I, I defend myself against that. But you're right, when people uh, turn into what isn't their tightest, closest lane, it, it, it causes a lot. So, but trucks and like bigger, oversized vehicles, I have no problem because they have to make wider turns. And okay. I usually, I usually stay away from them as much as possible. I give them as much space. If I'm on the highway and there's a truck, I put at least seven or eight cars distance between us. If I'm turning into their lane in front of them, uh, changing lanes because they can, they don't have the brakes that I do, and they're a lot bigger. Right. I, I, w- I want to love you so hard for doing something <laughs> like that. Man. Like seriously, if there's two things I think people need to up their respect for is the distance between truck drivers and pizza delivery guys. It's ridiculous because I've seen so many times in certain areas that may or may not be, you know, Detroit, where it's like, oh, I can pull over right in front of you. You can stop on a dime. And if I have to break to take this exit right here, you can just push a button and do a speed racer spring jump over me. Because it's and not that, about speed or getting annoyed that oh this truck is you know I'm I'm being slowed down. It's about if I mess up, this truck will run over me. I will become roadkill instantly. The truck driver will be fine, probably a little traumatized, but he'll be fine. Truck will be fine, right? Mm. It depends on the size of the truck too. Uh, I'm talking about like if they're semis and it's a tiny little BMW. The BMW is good as gone. I mean, uh, in terms of rock paper scissors. Uh, the car is paper and uh the truck is scissors in fact uh except the scissors <laughs> would be about you know 40 tons uh it's it's a very big pair of scissors and you know a little piece of paper and just cuts right through them it's vicious. So, so, so getting back to this driver so he's in the middle lane on his side so he's on he's so, so he's um on the right going left so he's going uh perpendicularly across the intersection as yeah. i'm going forward He's in the middle lane, comes halfway into the intersection on his red light, turns right into the middle lane, the lane that I'm in. And then when I honk him real hard and for quite a while and get in front of him, he flips me off and flashes me. And it's stuff like this that 
I can understand. I'm, I'm, I am a bit of, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a rash driver, but I like to go fast, but I know when to be safe. And so I can understand if I upset people every now and then for driving too close because they're not doing the speed limit. Uh, that bothers me too. If anybody's driving 10 under the speed limit, you can go. Okay. I'm not going to just don't drive. <laughs> drive the speed limit, folks. If it's safe, drive the speed limit. If it's busy, I understand. But like a lot of this just comes back with me. It just keeps me upset the whole day when I come home and I'm like, you know, this because it could have been really bad. I crashed my car last year. And so I know what it's like to you know, have my car hit something else solid. I have always considered the idea of having a second gun in my car for safety. But uh, bringing a firearm to the workplace is a big no-no in almost every single case. Like what they don't know can't hurt them, but at the same time, it's like if I if I don't glove you know hold a gun in the glove compartment, what am I supposed to do if somebody cuts me off? Right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a bad joke. No, I've seen I've seen people have um, massive speakers on the outside of their car, and oh, then boy. have like uh, gunshots playing off like an audio file in their phone, and then use like a PA system. And so you just pull up behind somebody that cut you off or something. Just play that audio file and watch them drive away. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. That's, uh, that's horrible and hilarious. Um, sorry, I, I shouldn't shouldn't suggest gun violence as the answer to uh, the ending of dumb drivery. But uh, the frustration is, in fact, very real. Anybody that you know has to make more than a five-minute commute in the car knows that uh, all it takes is one very bad decision on somebody's part to you know, it ruins your there, day. There are two things you guys should just keep in mind. If you're going to drive the speed limit, good on you. That's fine. I have respect for anybody who drives at the very least the speed limit. But stay in the rightmost lane. Unless you have to turn left in the next mile, stay in the rightmost lane. It's nice. And also, you have indicators. You have turn signals. Well, sometimes they're out of, uh, you know, blinker fluid. If it gets slow, then they can't use it, so they can't turn. I can understand that... If it, yeah. Okay, you're not taking me actually seriously, right? No, I, okay, a little uh, bit, but you You said it and put me off on a spin. <laughs> your turn signals, people. I don't, I don't care if you're turning into your own driveway. You're turning, right? That's what they're there for. They're and, little things uh, that indicate to the world where you're going. It's kind of one of those things where uh, the guy that first trained me in the beginning of this job. He, uh, you know, he's so used to just being by himself that he started to ask me questions like, is this right? Is this okay? And he, he started asking me, it's like, does it bug you that somebody hits their brakes before they use their chain signal? And I say yes, because they need to clearly indicate what they're doing. Or I'm thinking that they're just, you know, stopping to hit a deer. Like I should be you know, slamming my brakes too. Yeah. But every single time I see somebody use a brake before they use their chain signal, uh, it's like, uh, you don't have the the you know forty thousand pound load that I do, so you don't need the brake this early to not you know yeah. style using a turn signal. And so uh, a couple of things: a lot of states require you to uh, use your turn signal, like for example on the highway, up to five hundred feet in advance uh, before you make the turn. I actually got pulled over for not doing that, but the guy used it as an excuse to check to see if I had drugs in the car. And as it turns out, I didn't. Just a lot of McDonald's. Oh, I know, right? Oh, jeez. Yeah. Uh, second off, in the state of Michigan, they're starting to enforce, enforce this a lot harder. Like the only state I saw them really crack down on it was uh, Texas. But uh, in Michigan, uh, it's now super illegal. If you're not uh, trying to pass somebody or not trying to make a left-hand turn at sometime in the next uh, mile or two, 
you should not be in the left lane by any means. And uh, police officers are starting to pull people over and warn them, saying, hey, this is, you, you can't do this anymore. And If you're not passing people, don't be on the left lane. And, I mean, it stinks in particular for me because I, I, I want to 100% follow that all the time, too. But there's times where it's like, okay, I want to do 65 in my truck. That's what I can do. That's the most I can do because I'm moderated. But this guy in front of me is doing 58. But every time I try to pass him, suddenly he can do 65 again or something. And it's yeah. like, okay, I got to get back behind him. But then there's other times where it's just uh, also just a truck doing 63 and I want to pass him. But then I'm going to cut off all the people doing 75, 80 miles an hour or hold them up and try to, you know, crank my grandma gears pass by. And a lot of people get upset by that a little bit. Yeah, but... Yeah. No, I understand. It's no, it's no. There's no end all be all solution. It's just frustrating sometimes. And I love driving, but I don't like uh, driving down the I five um, because there are a lot of people who just uh, if if speed limit seventy, they'll be at sixty five in the left lane and they're not passing anybody. If you ain't got no reason, take your broke ass to the right lane. Exactly. Uh, it's, it's some kind of rendition of glamorous. On yeah. that, on that uh, limerick, how's 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 your week been? Uh, fantastic. Two important things happened this weekend, uh, or this week. Uh, the first one is my six-year anniversary. Yes, I, uh... Congratulations. I, thank you. It's weird because my wife more wants to focus on the whole, uh, celebrating the anniversary of our wedding. But right. I, I, to me, you know, that's important, but I really want to prioritize the us first dating, us first meeting. That, that first moment years ago that, you know, made us say, you know, we were meant for each other. And it's been uh, six years since that's happened. And it's been six fucking great years, man. Yeah, because that's the moment where, where your life was changed for the better. And so that's a significant moment for you. Absolutely. I am a person that without any outside support, and this is not good. This is not healthy. I admit it. I'm not very good at uh, simply uh, supporting myself for long stretches of time if uh, moments of uh, testing me comes my way. Like, right. I, I'm good at keeping myself together, but if, like, two, three days of just bad shit just starts coming my way, I'm broken down. I'm nothing. Like, uh, my my best stress buddy would be the bottle. And that's how it was up until I met her. And then, uh, since then, we've, like, it, it's weird. Uh because I'm so used to having people come and go in my life, important people, you know, my 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 parents, I've had friends come and go. I've had people that I, you know, I worked with and whatnot. You know your names, guys. But she was always she was always there for me. Right. Not one time did she fucking, you know, say I'm out of here. Uh, I need to leave the life here. And she was blowing me raspberries and uh Hmm. You know, fucking six years it, it's the longest relationship i've ever had besides uh with maybe my mother and uh well my grandmother too bless her and my sister but uh yeah happy six years anniversary honey uh here's to another one thank you for being the best thing in my life Aww. but speaking about the second best thing in my life right. i had another thing that happened this week so i uh i wish i remembered the, uh, his name on Twitter, and I will one day remember his name. He is one of the the people from the Player One podcast. Great podcast if you ever want to give another show a listen to. Uh, he uh, 
I believe works for Nintendo actually in some way or form. And uh, he showed that he was able to transfer the guts of a Game Boy to another Game Boy. And I was mesmerized with this idea. I was like, oh, that's cool. You can transfer, you know, from, uh, you know, a, some crappy uh, purple Game Boy color to one of those cool see-through ones or something like that. So I'm like, okay, uh, it probably got, got, you know, got awful expensive. Might take weeks for it to get on Amazon and whatnot. I check. And holy shit, stars aligned for me, man. Motherfucking stars aligned for me. Things happened. I'm going to back up here, a little, little pin in the snow. I'm going to tell you a quick story. I've mentioned it once or twice before, but and I know you just heard it. Right. There was a time when I was about five, six years old. I cl- helped clean the house with my sister, and my mom gave me $5 as a result. The next day, my father's mom, my grandmother, uh, took us to go uh, rummage sailing. And we go through a bunch of rummage sales. I'm bored out of my mind, and... My sister says, what's this? It has that Pikachu on it. And I look at it, and it is, and I know this, you know, obviously, uh, just for reference, I'm pulling up uh, this little item here. It was a yellow and blue Game Boy that had Pokemon on it and picture of Pikachu, Jigglypuff, and uh, Togepi in the corner. And I thought it was the best thing ever. I, like, I, I... I couldn't understand how much like it was going to mean to me, but I snatched it out of her hands before she could buy it. She had her own <laughs> things could have changed, man. If she like beat me back with it and said, it's mine now sucker. And so I bought my first game system ever that would change my entire fucking life. My game boy color that was the Pikachu yellow edition. And it meant so much to me because everybody else had, you know, the, the, the blue and the green or the purple right, one. Right. I had the motherfucking limited edition Pikachu one. And I had this with me for many years. And there was a point in my life where I lived with my father, just my father. He uh, went off to do work and uh, he left me with uh, a babysitter. And I can't hundred uh, percent tell you the details. I was young. I was dumb, but what sticks in my head was what happened. Uh, I believe what had happened was my father had put me with uh, this babysitter that uh, he may may not have been trying to, you know, do the hanky-panky with. And he was trying to, you know, be all friend with her, and she was, you know, trying to, you know, hey, I'll watch your kid as long as you watch me later. Some kind of stuff. I don't know. <laughs> I do not know the details. I don't Who want to. Who knows what adults do? Uh, this, this lady had a five-year-old uh, kid. I was about ten or so at the time. And I wanted to play my game. I wanted to play, you know, I, I was playing Pokemon, I think, my, maybe Link's Awakening. It was one of those kind of games. And uh, he wanted to make me play with his toys, but it's like, I'm 10, you're 5. I don't want to play with your you know, little Power Ranger figures. I, I got I got Lugia the catch, man. And so he cries to his mom. His mom tells me, you have to play with my son. And I'm like, like no, it's like, no, I don't. Just, you know, it's like, you're babysitting. Just let me be. Keep him in the corner. I'm okay. Uh, I'm pretty uh, self-dependent. This is free money for you, dude. And so she gets upset with this, tells my father, my father, who apparently had massive deck energy at the time, and I was uh, cock-blocking him, essentially, by not playing with this child, had taken this Game Boy that I've had for years, my only game console at the time, and the just threw as strong as he could 
with all his might right into the concrete, right into the ground. And it just fucking obliterated it. And he made me watch. Watch destroy one of the biggest part of my childhood history. And it changed a lot about, A, how I thought of him. Like, it was that bad. And then I apparently had immediately repressed it. Because he brought it up later to apologize. And I just remembered it. And it just made me so, so irrevocably angry. I don't even think I'm using that word right. And so here I am looking on Amazon.com, you know, 15 years later or so, uh, 20 years later, maybe. I don't I don't know. I'm 27. Math is hard. It's fine. I can't do elementary. <laughs> oh, God, 60. What? So I'm looking on Amazon, and sure as shit, there is a Game Boy Color Pikachu Limited Edition shell that I can right, right. 20 bucks on Amazon with Prime. It could be in my house in two days. I'm right. like, holy shit, I have a Game Boy Color I could get. It works just fine. I can move it over and I can have my motherfucking childhood again. And so it shows up the day that I was supposed to play Shadow of the Tomb Raider. So I said, fuck this. I'm not going to talk about video games at all. I'm going to tell you about the time, you know, comes with its own tool set with, you know, the, the, the tri screwdriver and all that stuff. I'm starting to take it apart. I'm, I'm terrified, man. One screw up and this is game over. I don't have a second Game Boy to test this on. And things are starting to make me nervous and like, uh, certain ways left and right it's like oh man this isn't uh screwing together right oh gosh and the biggest time was when i was applying the sticker of uh the uh like the the pokemon and whatnot onto the actual screen itself because uh i had to peel a bunch of sticky tape and all that stuff off and some reason the last thing that was covering the clear case that goes over the screen wouldn't come off and i thought it was actually maybe it was just part of the thing i'm just mis you know remembering incorrectly I was wrong, very wrong. And all of a sudden I had this opaque uh, cover between this plastic cover and the actual screen. And I had to take the world's sharpest and thinnest knife I had in the house to pop this sticky screen back off, doing uh, a small amount of damage to the, the screen cover thing. But it was not enough to really notice and to peel that off and get it fixed. And just getting everything screwed back together, I'm scared that you know something's not going to work or whatnot. And then I turn it on, and I'm going to see if, uh... Yay! Oh, man, just that fucking sound. Seeing my childhood with Pokemon Blue, oh, my gosh, just hearing it. So fucking good. And, like, I'm looking at it, and I warned you. I was like, I might tear up. I feel the slight welling of the eyes. I want to, I want to hold them back, man, but... God damn. Uh, okay, this is a safe space. This, it, it was, this is probably one of the greatest landmark items of my childhood history that I thought was gone to me forever because how, you know, how rare I thought it was and all that stuff. And you know what? I don't care if it's as common as shit now. I, it means I have a chance to relive what I thought was long lost me. And no, and it, 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 it's something special to you. And that's what's important, not whether it's common or not. And it's like, I got a Vita in a frame on the wall. I kind of want to rip it off and throw it out the window and put this thing up there now. Because it's like, fuck the Vita. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't think I want to put it on the wall. Just yet. Just, just yet. I, like, I, I want to touch it. I want to hold it. I want to yeah. appreciate it. All right, all right, all right. Get a room. 
I know, right? This is the show, Tyler. Use protection for your link cabling. <laughs> so that was uh, pretty much it for my week. Uh, wait, what have you been playing, man? Um, so so a couple of couple of shocking things here. Not shocking, but like a, a big things here. Big um, jumps. Oh man. Uh, no. Hey, I haven't had much time to play video games as we've talked about in the past few weeks, just with school ramping up and as a final uh, final stretch of the semester. Um, so that's one. Um, two, I have not touched Destiny 2 in a while. Wow. Yeah. Have you joined uh, the club of being free of the shackles of Bungie? Oh, no, not yet. The DLC is coming out sometime in the first or second week of uh, December, and I can't wait for that. Um sure. It, it, no, it's just just other games. Overwatch, uh, watching the Overwatch World Cup this past week has really made me want to want to keep playing it more, and I'm really excited for season two of the Overwatch League. Um, we played Splatoon two uh, sometime yeah. uh, a, a couple of days ago. Um, it was fun. I had fun. It was just a fun, simple game. Uh, honestly, to me, it's nothing amazing. It's nothing terrible. It's just a fun game as long as you're playing with people. And that's an absolutely weird thing because there, I think it's more prominent in Japan. If we're going to be real, uh, mm-hmm. this kind of game is nice, simple, and fun, uh, straight to the point. And uh, playing with friends, as you said, it's a great arcade game. Just to sit yeah, down, have a drink, and just go at it. It's it's good, mindless fun because you can try to get sweaty if you want to, but in reality, like there's really like, no point. Yeah, so that's the that's the important distinction as well. Like it's it's uh, this. Uh, Splatoon 2 wouldn't hold me because it's not a it's not a game made for PvP players. Oh no. It's, it's a game like, made for PvE players or just like general gamers to have like an environment where they can like sort of have fun with their friends against other people. But if you're used to a game like Call of Duty or Battlefield or Destiny, it's not it's not going to do it for you. It's not going to get you your PvP fix. Right. It, it honestly there's different game modes. We only played the uh the Turf War one. Yeah. And uh, it's like you can be as good as you want and murder as many as you people you want, but if you're not covering your ground at all, you get screwed over real quickly. And I'm some- sorry, are you saying that objective-based game modes you can only are, win if you play objectives? Focus on the objectives. What is that? I, I, all I know is that I have to I'll kill people. Play Anzo every day. <laughs> yeah, I know that joke. I can say that joke. I, I got like two hours in Overwatch, man. You better watch out. Wow. But yeah, Platoon Two. There's a couple of. Uh, a couple of problems that I'm, I'm sure you, you realize in the very beginning. For example, uh, the online matchmaking system that everybody kind of knows, but they want to forget and grumble about. The idea that we can't just team up in a party and yeah, go. Yeah, you can't squad up and then load into a match. You have to have one of your friends load into a match and then join them if there's enough space. Imagine trying to do like a, a four or a five or a six deck, since I can use your term now. Yeah. It, it, it's like some kind of goof troop style uh, like uh, one person peers around the corner and the other one like kind of like trips and does a head flip and then pats him on the back saying I'm right behind you and the other one just like starts somersaulting in and pats him. And the it's other like an one- anime montage where the hero's going to his final showdown and the friends just start appearing out of the woodwork. And uh, like the, the fourth one tries to pat in the back but falls into a manhole because the other one already hit a full party. It's like, oh, <laughs> I'm sitting in a manhole for three minutes. Oh, man, i got to wait and see if I can uh, join you guys. <laughs> Just has to sit there at a three-minute yeah. countdown. Uh, it, it was a nightmare trying to stream that. It's like, I want to play with my friends, but then my friends have to sit in the sideline because, you know, God forbid, they want to actually buy a new weapon or something like that. <laughs> it, it's, it's fucked up. And not to mention, uh, it was also kind of convoluted because we want to talk to each other while we play this game. 
But if yeah. we have it too loud on the TV, then you know we hear it on echo on the Discord and whatnot. But it's like, yeah. oh, since we paid for the online, which we both had to do now. Actually, you got the trial. So yeah, uh, but it, but when you get trials like this, you have to put in your credit card information. So ooh, just continue so it after. I'm gonna give you a free taster. Yeah, yeah, uh, but it's it's not that much, so I'm gonna keep it going for now. Okay. Um, and uh, with that being said, uh, it's a good game. It's a fun game. Like I said, fun oh yeah, it's a fun game. game. I, like I have nothing negative to say about it except for the few quality of life things. Gameplay wise, it's a fun game. Nothing spectacular, nothing terrible. Um, so that's Platoon Two. Yes. And uh, I, I think we all know, and there've been plenty of people who have been excited about me playing Breath of the Wild, my first ever Legend of Zelda game. Myself so, I do believe uh, sometime last week, I specifically, and this might actually sound like a weird fetish thing, I demanded that I video call you and watch you watching Breath of the Wild so I could hear your reaction. Yeah. It's like, oh man, I, I want to hear Nick. I, I, I want to hear him talk about how great the shrines Oh man, he's talking about difficulty. Oh man, he died for the 20th time in the row and he's getting really angry. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. A shrine was completed. Ah, oh. <laughs> yeah. So, so with with me and playing games, I usually have resting bitch face, and so I'm just always I'm just yeah, like you I, I don't have like a happy expression unless it's like a PvP game and I'm like hitting crazy snipes. But with like a PVE game, if I'm roaming around, I just have resting bitch face, and I'll only really show any emotion when I die or when something's going wrong. But I really had a lot of fun with Breath of the Wild. I because I'm so used to streaming the games I play, I, you are too. But it's like I'm used to like forcing emotion or letting people. Right, right. But yeah, you are like stone cold Steve Austin over there, just sitting there. <laughs> so, um, just to reiterate, I borrowed Breath of the Wild from my library, uh, my university library. We we are allowed to borrow games for up to three days, and then we could renew that uh, loan up to three times. So essentially, that's 12 days I had the game for. Okay. I returned the game um, a couple of days ago because uh, final stretch of the semester, I want to be able to focus on school. So I, I'm going to be taking out again over the uh, holidays, uh, the it winter holidays, so I can finish it up. Um, I'm going to actually put a reserve on it, so I'm going to be able to get it out. Uh, I, I talked to the librarians. I know what the system's like now, so I know how to get it out exactly. It doesn't count for my loan days uh, when the libraries close. So let's say I take it out on the Friday. I, I can only I have to return it on the Tuesday because the Saturday and Sunday don't count. Hmm. Good deal. Library's closed. Yeah. So um, my goal, um, as I mentioned, maybe two weeks ago, was to get the Master Sword. I got the Master Sword. You got the motherfucking. I got master the Master Sword. sword. Master sword. Get and I knew, and I knew it wasn't gonna do much for me because I know that unless you're fighting quote unquote evil, um, the, the Master Sword's base damage is only about thirty, and then it you have to let it recharge for about ten minutes after using it up to a certain amount. So, but I just wanted the Master Sword. It's my first Legend of Zelda game. I feel I mean, like no joke. The you know sneeze that it still does a good amount of damage. Plus, oh yeah, uh, so it's good to have like an, uh, as a backup um, un until I actually need it in case I run out of all other weapons. But I'm so good at hoarding things that I've learned from Skyrim that I never actually use the 45 power weapons that I picked up from this one guardian that I think is going to be really good at this point. But instead, I just keep on using the 22 damage weapons that I keep picking up because oh, I yeah. need the 45 damage weapons just in case shit goes wrong. But nothing ever goes wrong, and I'm always using the 22 damage weapons. It's funny because during my uh, Twitch days which I, i'd like to say is still on hold uh I, I gave you the whole uh lr or exclamation mark lr warrior 11 and it was like my bone is my sword the 
the whole concept to him is uh, he has his ability to ha show his world, which is nothing but swords. And uh, there's a, a similar guy called Gilgamesh in the same game that he can basically pull out treasure troves of web weapons out behind him from the vaults of Babylon. And so I just imagine you saying, ha ha, ha ha. You start pulling out <laughs> weapons and it's like, I, I actually don't want to use these against you. Aha, uh aha. -huh, uh -huh. Starts putting it back in. It's like, I'll use this one. It will destroy you. And you just pull out this rust bucket of a sword. And it's like, this <laughs> one has medium durability. But it'll be more than enough for you. <laughs> so, um, and then while while we were on uh, video chat and you wanted to see me play, I ran into a major test of strength shine. Oof. Right? Yeah. Um, and that was like I got the I got the mechanics down, but I just didn't have weapons that did enough damage, and so I would have run out of all weapons at the end. Don't you know um, that? Yeah. So I thought it would be fitting if that was the last shrine I needed to get my last heart container, and I Ooh. wiped the floor with that guardian with only i think only went through maybe two or three weapons i mean technically speaking and this is a gross wave unit you could have still done even without any swords hey you got your bows but you also have your bombs your bombs could have done damage yeah, but, but that would have taken forever motherfucking forever taken, but i know like you us bombs it would have taken forever if, if I know you though, if you could have done it and you knew that was that last stretch, you, you know, yeah, if I, yeah, if I could, if I could have got him, got him down enough, where I'm like, all right, he's got maybe a fifth or sixth of his health left, and I can just do like, a, like thirty bombs will take care of it. I would have done it. So now you also have uh, those three weapons, then those uh, battle axe plus plus. Yep, yep. So they're all just sitting there just because I, I put a majority of my Korok seeds into uh, upgrading my uh, weapon. Uh, <laughs> my weapon uh, storage yeah and so i just have a bunch of weapons that i'm still holding on to oh man oh man uh so a couple of questions yeah uh, i asked you before about the Korok seed business yeah. have you figured out uh a way to talk to the person to expand your uh your weapons your bows your shields any further or are you still stuck at like the the default that you've been since uh when you first met him i mean um I his name is hesta hesta or hestu uh, hestu sure um, Hesty poo. I think I put two slots into my shield storage and two slots into my bow storage, and then maybe um, I think it was at five seeds last time. So one, two, three, four, five, five uh, more uh, sword slots. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, I believe you told me that you discovered uh, Hatina Village because you did the whole uh, torch run thing to light all the torches. Yeah, and I did that another time for uh, Robbie at uh, somewhere in Akala. Oh, you went to Akala too. Yeah, cool. So, uh, have you discovered how to get your own house yet? No, I have not. And before we get to that, uh, yes, I only have two regions I think where I have to explore. Okay. Otherwise, you know, I've been all over the map. Do you know what regions uh, they are? Like, uh, like is it north of someplace? It's the uh, it's north of uh, the desert. The the few regions just north of the desert. Okay, I've, I've explored Mount Doom and everything, so it's in between the desert and Mount Doom. Uh, well, Mount Doom and the desert are completely diagonally opposite sides of the map. So, like, so, like, you know, in that little chunk uh, in the northwest region. Okay, that is the uh, like the cold mountain looking place. Yeah, I think, and that's with the flying guardian. And then between that and the desert, there's like a giant desert plateau style thing where it's kind of like mountains. It's just oh like, yeah, I got that. Okay. Okay, cool. And the whole house thing is uh, because they have uh, sword plaques. You could put weapons up if you wanted right. to 
save them for special reasons or whatnot. Yeah, so, I'll do that and just never, never use them ever again. It'll be like health potions in Skyrim. Like, oh, this minor health potion, I could use this later on. And then you end the game with 80 health potions. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Me and Final Fantasy VII facing off against Sethroth with like fucking 20 mega elixirs and only using one. It's like, God damn it. I could have used that during the other boss that fucked me up. Rough. Yeah, so so it's like that with me where I need to like discover everything first before I start going off and doing the story missions. I've gone through the story in some parts where I all I have to do is now beat the um, the uh, I, I I can't remember the name of the beast, uh, but the desert beast, the Gerudo, the beast in the desert, the camel looking one. Yeah, I've got it's like Vanubis or something like that. Va something like that. Yeah, I got the I got the thunder helmet back, and so all I got to do now is just meet. The, the the princess of the, uh, the place and then we can go off and start that dungeon um that your first divine beast if i decide to do that yes but i'm probably gonna try for the uh for the bird the flying bird it's an interesting concept of you like trying to activate the dungeon because technically you can activate it and then say fuck this i'm out of here and just leave it alone you just you could probably do all divine beasts within an hour if you set it up right like that yeah no that's the that's kind of what i'm planning to do like just knock it all down in one go um I'm just warning you right now, if you were to do the camel one, that boss by far is the hardest one out of the four. I've seen some of the puzzles and challenges for it, and then, yeah, it looks fun. So I'm it's probably going to get to that list. Uh, it's like the boss fight itself, he will mess you up. Uh, he he kind of looks like, uh, it's like, oh, hey there, fella, you're not going to be so, oh my god! <laughs> then his mid-game mechanic uh, isn't too hard, but it's also messed up that you got to be quick about it and it, it sometimes it feels like oh the game's kind of conspiring against me i gotta you know do this mechanic and once you see it you'll know what i'm talking I'm like oh right. what the hell is this shit? and yeah, i'm sure you, maybe you've seen it before even but uh i will wish you the best of luck have you 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 discovered a couple of uh big bosses i'd like to think you discovered the uh the hinox right oh yeah i i discovered i fought two hinoxes i fought a skull version that was That's fun um uh did that i haven't fought a line a lionel yet uh, that's um, probably for the best let's be real i'm just like, i i really want to like i'm really oh, excited a lionel is and i know this is a bad way of saying this i personally believe a lionel is harder than any divine beast boss so if you can beat a lionel you can beat anything at that point yeah and now i want to do the thing where my especially for my first lionel battle i want to sneak up mount it do some Ooh. damage <laughs> and, uh, uh, i'm gonna go for the big dig play just uh just a heads up uh if you do want to take on the easiest lionel that you'll encounter is uh one you'll encounter when you do the uh the 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 water guardian yeah so yeah. now my challenge is to collect the 20 shock arrows and they're like oh you know who probably has a bunch of shock arrows that lionel is sitting up there on the ridge please go fight him since that lionel is uh story driven uh, he will stay the same color, and he is the lowest level color, whereas okay. all the other ones uh, will eventually upgrade to the silver one, and those guys are no good. But if you want right. to practice learning how to do the uh, the flurry attacks with dodging a Lionel and whatnot, that would be the way to do it. The problem with that, though, is uh, each Lionel has a different type of weapon. Mm -hmm. uh, some Lionels will have uh, twin blades and they'll yeah. the quick whatnot. And then there's one that'll have like a giant sword or a battle axe that will just pulverize you. And then there's uh, one that will have a sword and shield. And right, right. It, it's nice because once you kill those sons of guns, they'll drop their bow and the, the weapon. 
those weapons are like so OP, it's not even funny. So if you can find a way to somehow cheese a Lionel to get their weapons, <laughs> just makes the game so much easier. And um, uh, yeah, I'm just surprised I haven't run into one because I've done a lot, a lot of exploring, like just off the map, off the traditional path exploring. Oh yeah, like uh, when you a whole bunch of things for a Lionel, Lionel's actually kind of hard to find. Uh, like it's more like uh, you're you're Scooby doing around looking for clues to try to figure out what to do, and all of a sudden, you know, big bad, you see him in the distance. Like, is that a horse? Oh, that is that is not a horse. No. And then you know, you, you see this uh, five pixel high thing with the question mark pop above its head, filling up, and be like, oh shit, 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 shit. And you hide <laughs> behind a rock, and uh, you, you don't know if it actually like saw you or if it wants to fight you. My favorite part is the mindset behind the, behind those lionels because uh, it'll appear and show an exclamation point, but it won't charge at you. No, it'll sit there and stare at you even if you hide or whatnot. And uh, it, you know, sometimes it'll kind of taunt you, like come, you know, come face me, mofo. Then there's other times where it'll, you know, if you don't draw your weapon, it'll just sit there and you know, kind of taunt you and uh, growl at you and stuff. And eventually, if you don't do anything, it just gets sick of you and shoots shock arrows in the air. Which will disappear and then always hit exactly where you were half a second. <laughs> um, yeah, and so I'll, I'll I'll end the Breath of the Wild discussion there with the one thing that I was purely amazed by. Um, I knew that there was a dragon in game in the game. Farosh, Farosh. There are uh, three dragons in the game. Jesus Christ! Okay, there's the one dragon that I saw. I didn't know where he was like i i'm I'm, you know i've seen a lot of people play the game but i didn't know exactly where he was i always knew they'd just randomly appear in this i figured they'd just randomly appear in the sky but no he happens to be across um uh one of these bridges just roaming around and it's it's just so pretty like the colors like the graphics in this game are something like i'm truly enjoying it and i'm just like look at this dragon he's so cute he's just going about his business and then i get closer and closer and then a fucking death orb of lightning comes closer (laughs) fries me up and i'm like that's not fun so uh i think the one you're talking about specifically is uh you might have been in either Leaving, it was uh, uh, to the east of the uh, starting area. There was like a bridge across to the jungle yeah, version. The southern area, the the yeah. giant stone bridge that crosses like over the lake and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, uh, that is where most people in, uh, encounter their first uh, dragon encounter because they'll jump off the, uh, you know, turning their orbs in to get a heart, and then they drop off and they, they look in the distance like, what "The fuck is that?" And yeah. it's like giant ass dragon yeah. looking motherfucker. And so they get attracted, they're drawn to it, and then when you get close to it, uh, it you know, starts shooting, you know, elemental orbs at you and whatnot. But yes, uh, depending on the time of day, you can uh, kind of force trigger these uh, things to appear depending on how you handle it. Uh, like if you're like, oh, if I appear at eight o'clock at this location, he will always appear here. And uh, have you discovered any uses for them yet? Um, no, but they have spikes on around it. Like at least this one that I saw has like these spikes or scales running across its back. So I would imagine the goal is to get on the dragon and farm some materials that you're going to use to upgrade armors or weapons. Is uh, that... You're in the right direction. I'm not sure if you want me to talk you through it because uh, I'm going to like say 90% sure if you ever have to encounter these dragons, you're going to look up a guide for it anyways. Oh, okay. Uh, a couple yeah, of... probably, I'll probably look up a guide for it. Uh, if you want to encounter one manually for a quest, uh, there is a quest uh, to talk about one that's over in the mountains that is to the northeast of uh, Hatino Village. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you'll if you're at Hatino Village, you look to the northeast, and it's like one of the biggest peaks. If you start heading that way, you'll eventually encounter a quest that involves uh, talking to one of these dragons or handling it. 
and then from there it pretty much explains to you what is the purpose of these dragons and what can you you know get out of meeting them okay uh, because I think most of the time, uh, the biggest use is it was used to upgrade uh, the final set of uh, armor that you can get in the game. And okay. you'll also figure that later, but uh, they're very important to get. So I, I recommend uh, you do that quest whenever you get the chance to load up on your cold stuff and start heading over to the, I believe it's the highest peak in the game, if not the second highest peak, because the... Ice Peak might potentially be the one that's over near the uh, the flying turkey guy over in that area. Okay. So, just uh, you know, good word of advice, something to look forward to. But you know, you got you got your finals, and whatnot. You've uh, also been playing some Overwatch. Yeah, some Overwatch. I hate myself. Um, competitive is is a bit of a shit show, but it is what it is. Uh, really uh, played for the Moira skin for the event. I got that because not through loot boxes, but I just bought it. Uh, because it wasn't going to drop for me like I waited all the way till the end got all the loot boxes didn't get it to drop so I bought it Um, but yeah no beyond that uh, that's it what 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 sort of games have you been playing Uh, we we talked about Splatoon 2 had our fun with that I uh, been continuously watching Red Dead Redemption 2 because at this point it's kind of like a uh, non-fatal car accident where it's like I shouldn't look and I don't have any actual real investment in it, but I still kind of want to look to see because, you know, I'm just right. like, oh man, somebody really wrecked that car. But it's like, oh man, somebody really wrecked that horse right off a cliff. Oh God, that's horrible. Uh, I don't want to talk about Red Dead Redemption because uh, I think everybody's heard enough about it. And if not, then there's much better places you can hear about it. Uh, at the same time, I have my next option would be the talk about Pixelmon. And that is uh, a fun show. So a uh, couple of things. Since uh, we're going to talk about Pixelmon here for a hot second, uh, we do have a uh, potential meeting up next week with uh, the top admin of the uh, Pixelmon server that I'm on. Now, uh, Pixelmon itself is a mod. I I know, it's like I got to explain every single time. Is the mod for, you know, playing Pokemon on Minecraft, but Pixel Spark is the one of the last running servers in the entire world that's not far as I can find without you know going into the undergrounds trying to find private servers that people don't advertise that is uh, available. And so uh, I started talking with uh, some of the people that run the stuff and say, hey, just so you know, I run a pretty cool website. LOL, uh, the last uh, person that was on was a very popular streamer. Do you want to try to enjoy some of this fine glory? <laughs> and I wasn't actually like that, but you know, no, I was like, no. "Hey, but I, you got to sell yourselves a little bit, right?" It's like, "Hey, I, we love talking about history. We love trying to understand how things came to be. Would you like to come into the show?" And so the guy in charge of uh, the server section is like, "You know, talk to this person, talk to this person." Uh, in this particular, it's uh, Snow Fox and uh, Quantum, and uh, interesting names. I'm not sure if I have to use code names when I talk with them in person, but we'll see. I may you know blur out their voice. Yes, yeah, because it's gonna be like we're talking to rebel leaders, you know. It's like it's like it's like Nick and Tyler going undercover to North Korea to have a private conversation with King Jong Un. Oh boy! <laughs> uh, no, we are not doing that. First, uh, we're not doing that. First of all, but that's what, like kind of what it's like because um, it's only it's only a matter of time before Nintendo tries to do something, right? Right, right. And we'll talk about it more in detail because they totally have tried to take that. Uh, that website down or that server down at one point in time and so it's like i want to learn more about that i want to understand how you know the work is going with that how things came to be how things are going to happen you know what's going on on that end so i'm loving the idea of being able to learn more about that 
I am currently wrapping up the gym. I uh, got my team 100% ready to go. Ready disappeared off the map, which means I probably won't get my final battle with them. We'll see, though, after this. Whew, uh, you know, if Brandon's gone, that means my days are numbered. It's almost like not having extra life reserve, I guess, and it's like, oh boy, if Brandon's gone, that means my flavor of the month, uh, it's it's sunsetting at this point. What's going right, on? Right. Uh, so I'm trying to find different ways to invest myself into the game to where I can stay for a, maybe not as intense, but a more longevity kind of thing. It's like, oh, I can pop on, you know, once every weekend or two and have some fun or whatnot. And I don't want to go into further detail now because technically it's in the works and I might get accepted or I might get rejected and uh, we'll see what happens. But in the meantime, been having fun, built my team. I could tell you my team, but I probably wouldn't remember. Let's see. I'm going to do my I, I, I know for sure there's maybe, maybe a slight possibility, a, a minuscule chance mm. of you having a Caesar on your team. There's a motherfucking Caesar on my team. <laughs> uh, my female Caesar was Pygmy, but yeah. uh, you get something called uh, tokens in this game, more like daily reward stuff. And these uh, things you can like, oh, you can bump up this IV by one point for 10 tokens and stuff like that it's like oh you didn't get the perfect pokemon you wanted that's okay with you know enough time you can bump it up and so as i talked before there are size options between one and ten mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh ten ginormous required like 30 tokens I'm like oh god that, that, that's gonna eat all my tokens they, you know i spent uh, over a month getting it's like or the second highest for half that much and every other size was uh 15 tokens and it's like Okay, I'll just use 50 tokens. So now I, I got a big girl scissor. Nice. And not, not only that, I do in fact have my scissor right. So I can now get the dream mega scissor mega that I have nice. uh, alongside that team. And uh, it, it, you know, this team's going to change. I had to be careful with what I chose and whatnot because there was a point where I wanted Greninja on my team, but Greninja in uh, X and Y days was considered Uber versus yep. overuse. So I had to be careful with stuff like that. So I got Scizor. I have Gardevoir. I took Sylveon off the team because I wanted Brandon to have Sylveon. And Sylveon, and, I mean, Gardevoir has better coverage and whatnot, and I felt like it had better stats in the long run. Uh, yeah, you can think about it if you want. Uh, let's see, I had Pharaoh Thorn. It, uh, it starts with Pharaoh C, and I think it's called Pharaoh Thorn. Yeah, Pharaoh Thorn, yeah. So that's three right there. Uh, Tyranitar, that's uh, four. Let's see. Then I have, uh, oh man, it's a quick hitting one. Uh, Gliscor. Yeah. Or uh, a flying ground type. Very good for uh, just for typing and whatnot, uh, the cover. And uh, the last one, I don't run, think... run, uh, run Gliscor with acrobatics and no held item, and then watch him just fly off the face of the earth. Oh my gosh, that sounds horrifying. Why would you suggest something like that? <laughs> Uh, for my six Pokemon, I can't specifically remember. Uh, I, I, there was a problem with this because I had my five team, five of the six team ready to go, and there was like a little tournament going on, unofficial and all that stuff. And I was and they're like, anything goes. I'm like, well, I want to use my team, but I don't have a six Pokemon. Who cares? You're still in. I'm like, <laughs> so what if I just my six Pokemon, I'm going to toss out air and instantly lose? No, fuck that. So I had a Keldeo that I was going to give Amanda last week, and I still plan to, but uh, I was like, screw it, I'll throw it in my team. But then by the time I got there, I'm like, ah, you're too late. I'm like, oh, that's sad. And somebody <laughs> comes up to me, and uh, this was an interesting situation. She was like, you should face me. I'm like, okay. And it's like, tournament rules? And she's like, eh, sure. 
<laughs> so I start off with Caldeo, and she immediately forfeited the match and like kind of got upset with me. She's like, you can't use the legendary in an OU match. I'm like, this is an anything go tournament. And then she started, you and know. You also asked, you also specifically asked, like, it's like, are there any rule sets you want to play by? Yeah, when we choose the battle, we have to pick uh, what we, uh, you know, what rules do if it, anything goes, if it's legendary. And apparently, you know, we just tried to do anything goes, but we had to play by honor or something like that. So but... she quit uh, or forfeit the match. I put a Dragon Knight in just because I had a Dragon Knight from before. And I, I uh, got her down to her last Pokemon, but then she started sweeping me. So nice. uh, the time that uh, I was telling that story, I, in fact, was uh, looking at my, uh, you know, getting online and being able to tell you what my team is. And I can tell you, without any reservation of trying to procrastinate any further, that my last Pokemon, let's see, it was Gardevoir, Scizor, Ferrothorn, uh, Tyranitar, and Gengar. <coughs> okay, me. that's a solid... Gengar is uh, for a. I, I, I love doing a toxic uh, hex move, mm -hmm, yeah. mm -hmm. 120 damage. But the most important thing for that was uh, there is a lot of uh, people trying to uh, nowadays in the server trying to run rapid spin for the uh, the counter. Uh, right. to get rid of, uh, it's kind of like defog where it gets rid of stealth rock, gets rid of spikes and all that stuff. And Ferrothorn is you know a spike master. But yeah. if I switch out to Gengar and I try to use rapid spin, a normal type move. It's not going to work. Mm -hmm. So they got to eat it. So it's a good way of perpetuating that. Plus, I love my Gengar. Uh, so, yeah, that's my team. And uh, I haven't challenged anybody in the gym. I was supposed to this weekend, but uh, Brandon was also supposed to be on so we can have our amazing gym opening. Right, right. And uh, this is completely to the side. Uh, I, I know this is, might eat up a little bit of time, but I realized that for the six-year anniversary, uh, doing a couple of things, Amanda's doing something for me tomorrow. Or yesterday, if you're listening to this, and I'm doing something for her. Uh, one second, I got a. Oh, sorry, the uh, new vape rig is uh, really catching up on me. So I uh, got the, or I pre-ordered for her the uh, Spyro Reignited Trilogy. Nice. Comes out in about a week, and Amanda's excited as shit for it. it I would it, be too. Yeah. Fist pumping. I have all the games I want, plus I got a backlog I got to work up, so I couldn't have mm -hmm. a game. And so uh, she is going to take me out to my favorite restaurant, which is a Chinese buffet. And then Ooh. the uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, or I guess nice. Bohemian, but I like ever since I saw the movie or the trailer for it, I'm like, oh man, I really want to see Bohemian. Yeah, that looks good. So I'm excited for that. Is there any other games uh, you want to talk about before we. Uh, um, yeah, just really quickly, I want to mention it is November 5th. Monday, 2018. Uh, BlizzCon just happened. Yes, And we had an announcement from Bungie that if you have Battle.net, if you have the Battle.net client, you can download the base game of Destiny 2 for free. That sounds awfully familiar. Like, uh, something's going on here. Whatever it is, you have until the 18th of November to claim your free gift. And once you claim it, you, yeah. have, de yeah, you have Destiny 2 base game forever. Mind you, it's only enough for you to get a taste of what it's like on PC if you already play Destiny 2. Which or, was 
enough for me to drop 60 bucks to get the full thing so you know yeah so you're gonna have to get pay you're gonna have to pay uh you know whatever it is for forsaken to get both the first two year dlcs and forsaken that's included right. now so in the bundle in fact now we're getting forsaken uh also gets to the other dlc naturally now Yes, I think that started a couple of weeks ago. Um, that went to full effect a couple of weeks ago, and it's just a good, uh, just a good intro into Destiny if you've never played it before. Um, I think, regardless of what you have to say about the game or the company, it's worth a shot because it's free. Yeah, I mean th- that's exactly what got me and Cam to play. Like we're both kind of like, haha, look at Nick over here, what a huge nerd, <laughs> and then we both were like, oh, it's free. <laughs> I that was, I think, one of my greatest moments of triumph. I was ridiculous. Year how like quick the turn around was like <laughs> we both like the week before we're like, you know i had the talk i was like nick you gotta stop talking about destiny next week all three of us were fucking talking about destiny it's like god damn it come on right i uh, I, I understood what light level meant at that point jeez but beyond that no i think we're all good on uh on, on the video games we can move on cool for uh, our modular segment, it's going to be story time. I figured, uh, you know, we could use a little story time. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, it actually comes with the story on both our ends because, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, I probably should ask him beforehand see if uh, he has anything applicable to this. But I, I did do a, like, a safety net just in case. Uh, so the question is for the story, have you ever met someone in real life after meeting them in a video game? Or if you haven't, uh, you, someone that you want to meet in real life that you haven't like you met somebody you've been talking with them right, maybe, right. Maybe, but uh, the dark ages <laughs> we, mm-hmm, we, mm-hmm. we can't travel the the thousands of miles to go across the planet to meet somebody which is probably for the better because uh oh i'd probably be like in japan or something like that <laughs> at <this> point <laughs> hey that time when i was playing with those halo uh halo 3 players right, and right. Ooh, was the only love it only people time. playing the game yeah so uh, do, you, do you got a uh, story for me, perchance? Or yeah, I do actually have a story for you. Sure. So when I first uh, when I first moved to Canada, um, the college that I was going to, we had like an orientation day, um, and we were all put into these groups. And so I was sitting in my group. There was a bunch of people. It was first day out. It's like new kid in school. Really nervous, but really excited. And then uh, over in the corner, I hear uh, hear another guy talking about how he's from Dubai and he grew up in Dubai. And I'm like, this man is is i we we grew up in the same place we'd be comfortable like i know what he's talking about so i went over introduced myself to him his name is dean um i still try to play with him as much as i can to this day but um uh so met dean we hung out a couple times became friends after that and then about a year later he tells me that he got an xbox one and i'm like yo sick that's like yo dude that's sick what do you what games are you playing he's like i'm playing destiny i'm like bro i'm playing destiny we should play destiny together And so we were playing Destiny one day, and then the next time we play Destiny, he's like, listen, I got a friend who's in Arizona. Uh, he, he, he wants to join us. Is that okay? I'm like, yeah, dude, whatever. It's, it's, I'm cool. Let's play Destiny. So he joins us. And back then, a lot of the PvP stuff, a lot of the big stuff were three, uh, three people parties in Destiny. Yeah. And so this guy, his name is Craig. And we, we, like, we clicked instantly. And, and, and it's like, we're, we're pretty close right now we're good friends um and we spent a lot of time like i'm talking about these are the stories where i mentioned where we'd with the three of us we'd wake up at like 10 a.m on a saturday sit down in front of the couch play destiny till about three in the afternoon break for food shower whatever and then come back at six in the evening and play till three in the morning this is what we like these are the people i spent my time with dean and craig um and uh, 
so I found this out pretty early. Craig and Dean are they grew up together. So Craig is also from Dubai. And so it just so happened one winter, I can't remember which winter it was. It might have been this past winter or like the year before that when I went back home, I met up with Dean and then I met up with Craig because yeah. I because I, I met Dean because we go to the same college university, but I had met Craig because he went to Arizona State U. And um yeah, that's my that's my story. Like uh my my biggest surprise was the the we were using Skype on the Xbox then to communicate because Arizona State you had some NAT issues with the Xbox party chat so yeah, it wouldn't let him ever get onto the party chat um and so he sounds a lot better no sorry sorry i i'm I, that's wrong of me to say he sounds really different on like voice as compared to like in real life in real life he sounds he has a very deep voice and it like does that, like you've you've heard him talk for so long his voice doesn't match what he actually looks like mm. anymore so it's like i just couldn't i couldn't i'm like listen craig we we can't ever meet again because i like listen, i like talking to you. <laughs> i like the, i like having fun with you but we can never meet again because the voice doesn't match the body it it doesn't it doesn't work um yeah no but that's that's my story um i i still play a lot with craig um if anybody's ever been in my streams or ever hung out with me he's, he goes by lone matador online um he's he's the homie um yeah shout out to craig man yeah Uh, i also realized that after you know listening to your story i was like well there's a good chance that a lot of these stories that somebody might have of meeting somebody in real life after meeting them first in the video game ended up into a police record of some sort because (laughs) uh you know for if, if you're under the age of 18 this is probably like a parent's worst nightmare the idea of like you know oh man I'm a 15 year old girl, and I'm or, and I met this cool guy in uh, Runescape. Man, I really we live in the same state. <laughs> it's like boom. Will yeah. you be my girlfriend if I give you a thousand gold? <laughs> a thousand gold, man. If only if that was that easy, man, you can get like full steel with that. Jeez, and it's like, uh, can, why don't you have a, a seat over here, please? Yeah, I, why, why don't you just sit down? We're gonna we're gonna talk about pedophilia. Or I guess it's hepophilia I, at that point. I, I don't even know what the actual uh, term is. Yeah, I know. It, it is. Yeah. But uh, in this case, uh, you know, these stories were us as mature adults or somewhere close to it at the very least. Right. Uh, so on my end, and I might have tailored this to a question, but it was just so obscure that the chance of, of this happening was minimal minimal like uh, it was a non-zero thing but it was still like a one in a million style thing whoops and so during my days of uh at college in central michigan university i uh was with a a guild called the oldham cabal uh it was a on the oldham server and it was just a group of people that are super chill very friendly um, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry what what game is this uh world of warcraft sorry okay yeah uh and uh so what other game would I play during college? Jeez. I just uh, wanted to confirm. All right. Chill yeah. out time. Fair enough. Fair enough. A lot of people I was talking with, I was super friendly with, and one of them was called uh, Lakeshack. Uh, you know, just called her Lake. And, you know, talked with her on TeamSpeak and all that. Was uh, friendly right. with her. Uh, she was uh, married at the time. And I believe, no, she's still married to this day out. And, uh, you know, been really friendly with her. Talked with uh, her husband, I believe, Zach. You know, got along with them. You know, meanwhile, I'm like uh, 19 years old, just, you know, sitting on the college dorms playing WoW and, you know, yeah. talking with this functioning family. And uh, she's like, hey, uh, I, I got to let you go soon. Uh, I'm going to go uh, out with my hubby to uh, a club. I'm like, oh, cool. 
and she's like, yeah, it's a really cool one over in uh, this place. And uh, she says fucking Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Right. And I'm like, wait. Well, she said Mount Pleasant. And I was like, Mount Pleasant, Michigan. She's like, yeah. I'm like, you do know that's the city that I go to the university to, right? She's like, <laughs> oh, really? And I'm like, yeah. And it's like, I'm going to bring, you know, this other World of Warcraft player that plays with us. My husband and I, we're going over there. I'm like, what club are you going to? She, you know, she names them. I'm like, I'm less than a two minute walk from that club. <laughs> we can totally go to this club together. And she's like, holy shit, are we doing this? I'm like, we're fucking doing this. And so we meet up to go to this dance club. So it's her, her husband. Husband's getting slammed with drinks. And uh, she brings two friends, one that is uh, another wild player, and the other one is who is also married, husband in some reason isn't there with her. Uh, this third person in particular, I gotta say, was probably about four and a half feet tall. Like, uh, she was super, like, horribly short, pe petite, and all that stuff, but she was uh, older than I was, and she was also married. And uh, the other one, I believe, also... Actually, I think she might have been single at the time, but I guess it doesn't really matter for the sake of this story. Right. And, you know, I was single and forever alone kind of guy, so it's like, ooh, I'm dancing with girls, and so playing World of Warcraft, I, I've become a man. <laughs> that's the dream. That's You've achieved the dream at 19. <laughs> I, so, they're mostly drinking. I can't drink right. just because uh, I was too young. And uh, Would you were able they, to get into the club? I'm sorry uh, to interrupt you, but... You can yeah, get into the club, I, and not drink. I, I the club, but the uh, but they put a big red uh, or an X on my hand to show that I can't get anything. Oh, okay, that's cool. At least that they they allow. Yeah, you have to be eighteen or above, yeah. but uh, they that's let cool. you. Uh, so they, we get to the dance floor after everybody's getting tanked. Now, about fifteen minutes before they met up, I should left. You know, like I said, two minutes away, I left half an hour early. Realized that hey, the club's not even open yet. So All I'm right. sitting outside there like a dude. But you were nervous because, you know. My first meetup with someone that wasn't, you know, family that was a girl. Right. Ooh, yeah. And so I went across over to the Burger King there and got myself a, uh, like a, a milkshake or something like that to calm myself down. Uh, I don't think I fully discovered the concept that I was lactose intolerant at the time, but uh -huh. we'll, we'll put a little pin into that later. So we start dancing. And these girls are dancing around me, and I'm like, this is what it's like to be alive. <laughs> all, you know, all these cute girls just dancing, you know, doing the night elf dance where the hands in the air and whatnot, and just, you know, grouping on me. I'm like, I'm looking at uh, her husband. I'm like, it's, you know, I'm pointing. It's like, is this okay? He's like, he, he's drinking a beer. I'm like, yeah, it's okay. He just wanted to drink. Yeah, he, he, he was okay to be left alone. And so me with three other girls, this was fantastic. Like, this right. is my night made. I can, you know, remember those. And then this happens. I have this cool college Chad character come up. I'm like, okay, you know, sure, you know, this is a dance club. Sees I have uh, three ladies who are having a good time with me. Yeah. And like, you know what? You know, that's too many for you. And so he starts putting his hands on the hips of this four and a half foot tall lady that, you know, 23 years old and all that stuff, and starts dancing with her. And she's plastic. So she's like, okay, I don't know, fucking grind with this guy. And so the other two girls are kind of looking at me like, uh, this isn't good. She's married. And so suddenly he starts throwing his hands like down her shirt and stuff and starting to do all sorts of uh, very inappropriate things. And I'm like, oh, hell no. I haven't gotten to a fight in my life. 
Uh, but you know, this guy's drunk. I think I can take him. Right. And so she kind of uh, walks away, but he tries, you know, grab and start pulling her towards him again, trying to like turn her into this fucking sex toy. And so I come in, big daddy me, right. scoop her up, and I put her on this uh, large platform that people go on to dance on top of. And I look him straight in the eyes and do this point and say, you fucking leave my sister alone or I'll kick your ass. I, I don't even know this girl's name to this day. Right, right. Uh, she was my fucking sister. And he loses his shit. And he's like, what the fuck you say to me, man? And he tries to push me, pushes himself back, and he stumbles. <laughs> and, uh, you know, people are you know looking around, and he's like, he's like I'm going to fucking kill you. I'm going to kick your ass. And people, you know, pick him up, and uh, the bouncers drag him out. And uh, the other two girls are like, oh, man, look at this guy acting all cool. Meanwhile, I'm like, oh, God, I think I'm this milkshake's. Like, uh, suddenly, right. I'm so stressed and tensed up. This milkshake curdled on me in my gut. And I ran to the bathroom and started puking <laughs> viciously. And, you know, I told him, I was like, I just, I just gotta, you know, take a piss. <laughs> I come out, like, fucking red in the face because I puked my guts out after trying to play cool guy for the first time in, like, 18, 19 years of my entire life. <laughs> oh, man. And that was a good time. I, uh, I'm i still friends with her to her, you know, to this day. I like to talk to her. So, yeah. Also, uh, don't pick on somebody even if they're drunk, unless uh, they're threatening somebody that you can call your sister. Even though she was, you know, we had like a, a two and a half foot difference at that point. It's like, right, right. if you're the brother and you're the sister, what happened? <laughs> it's like, did, 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 did mommy have sex with a mailman who happened to be a giant? Mind you, I am almost six, for, six feet. My sister is about five. She's just straight five. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out what happened with me at this point because there's a lot of questions to be asked. My mom's like uh, just a little bit under six foot. My dad's five foot eight, and I'm six foot three. It's like, did somebody like uh, you know when I was in the test tube or something? Did somebody accidentally squish me a little <laughs> too long? Why am I so goddamn vertical? My uh, pituitary gland apparently uh, pumped out a little extra juice mm -hmm. for me. Jeez. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm tall as fuck. So. Uh, I think that's it for the story time. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Topic of the show. Uh, uh, I'm not too sure how to go with this, man. Uh, there's a lot of talk that can be had in different directions, but I kept it very simple in the thing just to see where it could explode. In right. direction. Uh, what are the significance of fan-made games? Is there any way, uh, any direction you want to take off with this? Um, no, I'm, I'm going to assume that this question came about purely because of uh, Pixelmon. Is that, is that, or at least that's a big part of why I suppose uh, if you look like that, I'm sure in my subconscious or something like that, I was like, oh, yeah, I, I suppose. Yeah, I guess that's right. true. It's just I was thinking about how. Uh, I, yeah, you're right. Probably pick some. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so um, when I saw this question first, uh, apart from thinking about like why you would have picked this, not that it's a bad topic to talk about. It's just I was just curious. Uh, but um, I, you have to take a look at it from a bunch of different points of view. Um, I looked at it first immediately from an art point of view. Um, there is such a thing, uh, there's an artistic movement style practice known as remixing, where you take something and you essentially remix it, add other, other elements, um, and, and make it your own, but still paying homage to the original work. Right. And so I think as uh, we can, we can have, we can have very intense conversations about video games being art. But let's just assume there's like a very base definition of art and video games fall under that category. Um, 
fan-made games are are remixes of of the video games that you know they they make the remixes of. That's the most convoluted sentence I've said today, but it's it's just purely it's 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 um um what's that saying uh, where uh, imitation is the highest form of flattery? Yes, uh, that bullshit phrase. But yes, you're right. Right. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like it's it's not that the devs did bad work but you've given people this foundation or this thing that they can play and enjoy but it's also this foundation where they can take it and sort of like maybe we could try this or how would this game look like this because when you're so wrapped up in your own like sort of piece of work you're very much biased towards it so having somebody else do something different opens up you to uh, you know open you up to the possibilities of doing uh, a, a, a new style or bringing a new sort of like gameplay mechanic to it if you were to do an iteration or a sequel it stinks because I have a slightly different view about how, you know, fan uh, made games, you know, why they're made and whatnot. Okay, that's uh, that's fine. Let's go for it. In my head, uh, there's usually two reasons. The first one is uh, someone made a great game, a, a really good game, but then they stopped making the game. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, there's no sequels anymore. They, there's a long time in between productivity, and it's simple enough that somebody's like, I want more of this, but there's no way I can get more without playing this game over and over. Let's take it one step further and you know, make a side story, something like that. And a good example of that, I'd like to think, is probably a lot of the Pokemon games. Right. A lot of people like to play Pokemon games, and that led to you know the idea of Nuzlocke challenges and all that stuff. But then there's just flat-out Pokemon fan-made games out there where somebody's like, I'm going to make my own world and put my own Pokemon, well, not my own Pokemon, but you know different Pokemon in it. Right. And the other reason I'd like to think is uh, when somebody produces a game that is great at its core, but it's lacking either things that the developer didn't consider or is just a part in general that a fan wanted to put in themselves. And I'm, I'm trying to think of like specific examples. I guess the closest thing would be the Sonic fan-made games where people really, really loved Sonic. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, though, there is a lot of levels and a lot of games and the designs that just started kind of seeming not so good anymore it felt like uh, everything was getting the draw and suddenly you know mr white i believe uh, i don't remember his full name uh decided to make uh you know a remix of sonic games and whatnot and gave it a new spin gave it a new life without necessarily putting brand new levels and all that stuff and people loved the hell out of it and it was professionally made well designed and people ate it up problem is though fan-made game sega took it down immediately and right. then uh, acquired him, and then that's how Sonic Mania became the beat. Because, you know, it started off with the love story as a Sonic-made game. So I feel like that's, uh, you know, two potential reasons in my point. I personally believe that uh, the significance of fan-made games is it helps shows the developer what the people want. If there is yeah, a game yeah. there that's been made and it does fantastic with a function that other people aren't used to, or, you know, that you know they couldn't handle it, didn't understand, it's like, why did uh, Pokemon Quest come to be? And it's like, Pokemon Quest, you know, it's this weird voxelated abomination of Pokemon, but obviously they made it for a reason. And it, maybe it wasn't necessarily from the fan game of, you know, Pixelmon or whatnot, but at the same time, I know I'm using Pokemon as a heavy reference here. Uh, they clearly th- realized that people didn't care if they looked like god-awful Lego cubes that came from the bottom <laughs> of hell. And, uh, you know, they turned into a type of setting that people enjoyed. 
they 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 pulled ideas and i i think a lot of people or a lot of developers nowadays they just simply ask the people it's like hey what the hell do you want we'll, we'll, you know, we'll try to work our best you know the working in and whatnot but you know back in the day people didn't have either that kind of communication or they simply didn't care it's like we're making our game if you don't like it this game isn't for you when someone's like well i'm just gonna make a side story of this that's better right and that, that that's a personal opinion you got any counter thoughts to that um not really counter thoughts it's not like we're having an argument but uh but the if we were to take fan made games and break it down into like categories or subcategories the one thing that came to mind when you were trying to find examples was um uh, uh mods for games and right. so if you take skyrim as an example uh skyrim has a very active even to this day uh modding community and so you can look at it in a bunch of ways you can look at it as um people just trying to trying to enhance the experience of skyrim because it may be because the developers don't have time or they just don't have the funds to um or uh, it is also an older game and so maybe people are just bringing it up for modern day systems um or you could look at it I'm, I'm sure this is maybe not what bethesda was trying to do but make it make a game focus make a game that forces you to or to some extent gives you the option of having a community where you're like all right here's the game here's all these quests here's all these things you can do here's the base um and now you're free to do what it, with it whatever you want kind of thing all right so, oh. so like a like a collaborative community environment where uh, uh, similar to minecraft essentially and i think minecraft is a good example of that where you can like here's here's the game here's the here's the thing here's the play-doh do whatever you want with it a couple other games that uh reminded me of this as well as uh for example gary's mod gary's mod right. uh, yeah. obviously like uh you know you shouldn't take all these models from other games but if you want to try to take a concept of a game that you might have liked and just completely reshape it or make a bunch of team fortress 2 fan videos that's okay too i guess uh the other one and i think this is more important to me specifically is uh, a program slash game called uh mugen or mugen mm-hmm. i'm sure you've heard of it before uh i think so it's essentially a program slash game where you can input custom made characters from anything in the world into them and make them fight each other and so right, yeah, yeah. You know, imagine you know mortal Kombat, but you can have homer simpsons against uh vegeta <laughs> or like and uh for those who have a small interest into that uh salty bet you know just google salty bet is you know it uses the mujin engine engine and just pits thousands upon thousands of people against each other in a computerized format and people can watch and you know make bets and see who would win always bet on your waifu by the way always bet on the waifu and uh just the concept of being able to have anybody play against anybody i thought was a great idea and it's been like that for a very long time and whether or not nintendo you know pulled that for super smash brothers or other games that pulled that out for crossover you know battle things uh, people get really excited for stuff like that as it turns out and I thought Mugen, like, obviously, Mugen, uh, every time I say that word, it reminds me of Mucinex. <laughs> it, it's not physically possible or financially possible because of the licensing nightmare. Yeah, yeah. But the what if scenario where people haven't been able to 100% take this down, it still makes it a potential dream. It, and I think it's a good dream. Yeah, and and you also like uh, like a couple of things. You also touched on it earlier. Um, uh, Fan made games allow companies to see or recruit potential talent because that... it's it's not just animators, uh, you know, um, or 
uh, programmers, it's level designers, uh, conceptual artists. There's a whole bunch of people, different divisions, different kinds of jobs that go into making a video game. Um, and the example that I'm trying to think of right now is uh, there's a, I can't remember what it's called and I'm terrible for this, I'm sorry for this, okay. but it's, it's basically a Mario game that allows you to design your own levels. Oh, oh, Mario Maker. Mario Maker, that's what it was. I was thinking Mario World, but no, that's the name of the games. So Mario Maker, I think it would, would be, or at least I thought about this a while back, is Nintendo's response to like fan, fan base games. Yes. Uh, where it's like, well, all right, you want, you're want you so keen on making your own games. Here, like, here's everything. Make your own game kind of thing. Yeah, like there's a, a long running joke about people trying to play insufferable Mario-based levels where it's just like hidden blocks and death traps and all that stuff just meant to screw you over every given chance. And I, just a quick side note for Sonic Mania, I called him Mr. White. And I think the reason why I hesitated on this because it sounded weird, uh, his name is Christian Whitehead. So you can understand why I didn't want to accidentally call yeah. him and realize that, you know, this might be a, the wrong name here. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Mario Maker was like the answer to anything, like an easy way to handle the idea of making a fan made Mario level from, you know, any game for the most part that was uh, a side scrolling Mario game. Yeah. But, uh, you can play it from any format. If you want to make a Super Mario World level, go at it. If you want to make a new Super Mario Brothers level, you can do that too. And there's been a lot of games or levels I've seen that, you know, it just introduces the creativity of the mind of the player to do the most ridiculous bullshit things. Yeah. Or in my best friend Brandon's case, uh, make levels to have me beat and never <laughs> be able to do because they're impossibly hard. Yeah. <laughs> and and beyond, like, um, you talked also about licensing stuff. Um, I, I feel like if companies, and this is probably never going to happen because of sta uh, shareholders, and stakeholders and just basically money in general. I feel yeah. like if companies were to be a little bit easier on people making fan base games and like not taking them down, because uh, for, for me, from an art point of view, I think it's important to have all these different things that exist and it allows them to see what kind of potential collaborations that they could create because art is collaborative. Communities I mean, are collaborative. And 10 out of 10, if you ask the company, if you can make a fan main game that you won't get any money, they'll say no. But at the same time, there's uh, there's been examples where somebody would ask, say, hey, I'm doing this for a college project. I want to you know, show artistic value to this. And they'll say yes. Uh, the biggest example, and this is not necessarily video game related, was uh, somebody uh, asked Hasbro, like, hey, I'm an animator aspiring. I'm doing a college project. Can I use My Little Pony? And he made the best day at My Little Pony crossover I ever seen. Because he, with his drawing and animation skills, showed that he could do a cool crossover between My Little Pony and then uh, Powerpuff Girls. Right. And I, I, you know, it was cool as hell. And so letting minds, you know, it because a lot of people ask, and the company says no, and so they're afraid that if they do that and they say no, but then the company has the eye of Sauron on them, like you know, I'm watching just in case you say I'm going to do it anyways. And uh, that would lead to a very rough legal precedence versus if they do it without their permission, then they can try to hide in the shadows until a C&D appears by the lawyers. Yeah. And it, it sucks because it's like, you know, you don't, you know, you miss a hundred percent of the chances or the shots you don't take. And it's like, exactly. I mean, most of the time, if you try to make a fan man game and you want the approval, you'll miss 98% of the shots you do take anyways. And so. that's purely because of like uh, legal stuff that the company's wrapped up in, and because of business and shareholders and stakeholders, which is uh, which is what I was trying to say is just unfortunate because you, it allows you to see the creativity that 
other people have to offer and like insights uh, into your games that you might have missed right right but uh but for the most part i think it's it's in a very exciting place fan-made games because it's this kind of like uh you know illegal underground thing and and it it, it adds a bit of like risk you know it's like oh, sh- oh shit shit okay. i'm doing this thing for all these people to play like public sex yeah <laughs> so uh the final note I'd like to drop for this is uh, the nice thing about this is uh, if they're smart about this and they realize they have a good game going on, like a legit good game, and the only thing that's holding them back for letting people see this in the world is the fact that it's called, you know, this legally owned by another company property. Just change the models, change the characters. You know, I, I guess the big, you know, most games out there that are fan made games can get changed into homage games to where it's their own game. But it's like, oh, this is totally a you know a clone of this game. But if they change it enough, they can't. You know, Nintendo, for example, uh, the uh, Blossom Tales uh, is a totally a clone of Zelda: Link to the Past. But at the same time, it has its own character, it has its own storyline, it has its own uh, battle style. It just so happens that it has dungeons and bombs and whatnot that just looks awfully familiar, like stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like in its art pieces. But that's okay. That uh, people love it because it looks just like that game, but it invokes the same feeling. So, uh, if you're using the same engine and everything as the game, then you're you're SOL. But if you can take an idea and a concept and Im- implement it on a different style of platform, then it's like you're good to go. Show what you got. Show me what you got. <laughs> it's a video game show, Tyler, not a TV show. I know. Podcast. Okay. No, sorry. I, I talked about something that only uh, people with high IQs would understand. <laughs> so uh, let's wrap this up. Over on the, the game releases for this week, uh, the first game I can't even safely pronounce. Do you think you have better luck with this one? Uh, yeah, they're seen. Okay. Uh, well, there's there's a lot of like fancy lines and whatnot, and that looks kind of French. So I figured, you know, Mr. Uh, French Cuisine over here. It's easy, you just don't pronounce the last letter. Okay, Darasin, coming out on uh, PSVR November 6th, which I believe would be a Tuesday for us. Yes. That is correct. Let's see, also coming out on the 6th, uh, most of the games are actually coming on the Switch, or uh, not the Switch, uh, this date, the 6th. Uh, Except World of uh, the next game you're about to announce, it actually come, came out on the uh, 6th of September. Oh, did I goof up on that? <laughs> or I think they... No, I think it was supposed to be November 6th. I, I think this is, uh, they goofed up on the typo there. But uh, I'll say it just in case, and if not, whoops. Uh, World of Final Fantasy Maxima. Now, World of Final Fantasy has been out for a while on, uh, I believe, PS4 and maybe Vita. But it uh, looks like it's having a updated version or a sequel of sorts coming out for PS4, Xbox One, and Switch and PC. Uh, let's see. Next on the list is Overkill's The Walking Dead. Now, this is an interesting viewpoint because we've been hearing the whole uh, debacle with uh, Telltale and The the Walking Dead. Uh, I do know that another company is uh, currently working on uh, getting the first and second season or episodes out. It's fine. But the the company said, provided all the legal stuff comes through just fine and we can get everything on board, they'll have the third episode done by the end of the year. But I don't think that has anything to do with this, so I have no idea what Overkill's The Walking Dead is. Um, no, it's an it's an upcoming first person shooter. Oh, 
interesting. Yeah, so completely different. It's not like a Telltale game. It's not a story-based visual novel game. No, it's it's a, a full-on action game. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, the Forest, which is a game I'm familiar with. Uh, I know it mostly on the, the PC. I don't know if it's on anything else. It's a fun, uh, was single and now multiplayer uh, survival game. Uh, essentially, you know, you're tossed in the forest after a plane crash and you got to find a way to build materials to survive on your own. All the meanwhile, I believe you're stuck on an island uh, with a large, dense forest uh, population. And it uh, looks like uh, cannibal tribes also run the area if you're too loud. Yeah. So you got to be able to defend yourself, maybe find your son if you're lucky. That's coming out for PS4. It's coming out on, also on Tuesday or tomorrow. Uh, final game coming out tomorrow. Is, um, most notably is uh, well, the most notable titles here that I listed. Last one is Monster Boy in the Cursed Kingdom. Which uh, sounds like something I should know and actually enjoy. The, you know that that name is actually pretty uh, catchy to me. Coming out for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Nick, I, I know you like to do your research here for like the last five seconds. Uh, what do you got for me? <laughs> it is a spiritual successor to Sega and Weststone Bit Entertainment's Wonder Boy series. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, it says here, however, this was you know this might have started off as a fanboy uh, or a fan game that took uh, fruition on its own. It says here, however, that it, it will be released on December fourth. But um, oh, okay, so this is actually a little. Uh, this is actually, and this is not your fault. I just don't think they updated it. It was supposed to release tomorrow on the sixth, but it has been pushed back to the fourth of December. Ooh, yeah, my bad. That's uh, playing to both physical. No, I just don't think they updated the site updated it because this happened just very last minute. Website I should shame. Uh, coming out November eighth. Uh, hypothetically, of course, at this case, uh, two titles. Uh, first one coming out for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Ride three. Which I yep. think we saw that at uh, E3. It's just one of those other gear, uh, uh, car games, uh, racing games. In one of those car titles? Yeah, one of those ones. And lastly, uh, from Nintendo Switch, uh, coming out on uh, Thursday, I believe, the 8th. The eighth. Yes, Thursday is uh, Valiant Hearts. Now, yep. this is another one I feel like I should know. Uh, do you got something to spark the memory here? Uh, Valiant Hearts is a, is, it's a puzzle adventure game that came out in 2014. So it makes sense if it's coming out for the Switch now. Okay, so this was by uh, Ubisoft. Uh, it was uh... um, Ubisoft Montpellier. Yeah, uh, that, that, that's the specific studio. Um, yeah, and it just looks like one of those indie puzzle adventure games. You say indie, but it was made by a AAA publisher. Um, I want to say. I mean, it's, yes. it's it's developed by Ubisoft Montpellier and then published by Ubisoft, so it's like. Eh. I mean, if you want to say oh, it, like visually, it looks like one of those indie games, like okay. looks like Limbo. I, 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 it can look indie and still be, you know, triple A buckaroos hitting. Yeah. Uh, that's it for video games coming out next week of notable value that I'm aware of. Uh, this day in history, I got 12 games listed up here. Actually, I noticed an special event. It was a big one, but there's a quite a uh, few notable ones here. And uh, for both of us, actually, I thought, you know, maybe you can appreciate. So this day in history, a.k.a. Monday, uh, November 5th of 2018, a couple of games came out in the past on this day. Uh, you know what? Go ahead and take it away. Uh, start it off here, Nick. I know I like the heat, you know, hog all the heat here. 
All right, so uh, our first game is Bloodborne, the complete edition that came out on the PS4 in 2015. Now, I've never owned anything except for PS2, so I've never actually played this game, but I'm pretty sure this is a From Software's or a Platinum game. Yes. Yeah, so I, I, I want to say From Software. That Yeah, From Software. Same people that did Dark Souls 3. Yes. Yes, uh, the Dark Souls series. Um, again, these are not games I've ever had any interest in. I played Dark Souls 3. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago, uh, maybe well, months ago. What weeks? It's been... A, Fucking Tyler, we started this in May. I mean, it's uh, I would say we're on episode twenty-five, so we're actually I, uh, just before six months together, man. Jesus Christ. Uh, anyways, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a long time. Yeah. It um, is. Do you do you put any time to Bloodborne? Uh, I have not touched. Actually, I've played one from software game that is about an hour and a half into Dark Souls One. Okay. So I've never touched any of them. Uh, I mean. They always called uh, any game from from software a good get good game. It's like I don't want yeah. to play a thousand times, even though I you know I, I played Breath of the Wild. Yeah. So it's like I, I got my fill on that. Actually. At least Breath of the Wild is filled like sugar coated, right? It's all happy and right. magical. Right. Whereas here in in Dark Souls and Bloodborne, it's like oh you fucking suck. It's constantly <laughs> welcome to hell, mystery where it's like, oh, I can collect apples over here in Breath of the Wild, but over here, the only thing I can collect is skulls and potions. Oh, right. So, and so, next up on our list is Call of Duty Ghost that came out on all platforms in 2013. No, um, I've never played a Call of Duty game. I'm pretty sure like it didn't come out, uh, come out on like Wii U or whatnot, but you know, like, like so a- PS3 and Xbox uh, 360 is what, or Xbox, yeah, Xbox 360. Both consoles, yes, yes. Um, I've never played a Call of Duty game. Really? So ever? I have no ever. I've, so I have no connection to this game at all. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. That, that, that's kind of. I mean, I've never played Call of Duty Ghost. For me, it was Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Never uh, played it. Wow. Okay. Everybody's always like, "You've never played Modern Warfare 2? What the fuck is wrong with them? Like, <laughs> uh, then we've got Rocksmith, the all-new 2014 edition DLC that came out uh, for 360, PS3, PC in 2013. So, yeah, I've never played a Rocksmith game. Uh, I mean, have you heard of Rocksmith before? I would imagine it's something similar to Guitar Hero. Yes, uh, like the concept uh, was a bit more uh, cooler, I'd like to think. I do believe that Rocksmith was like, instead of giving you this plastic guitar with buttons on it, we're going to give you what looks like a real wooden guitar kind of thing, like give it more authentic feel, and it's going to have, you know, synapse feel to it on the uh, strings when you play it. Right, right. The people are like, oh, that's so cool. I only put it up here because a it said all new 2004 edition DLC, even though it came out in 2013. It's kind of like thing. It's like oh, you know, around this year, uh, 2018, we'll see Madden 19 come out. You know. Yeah, and then like or with like oh, the all new Chevrolet Silverado 2019. You know, kind of hey, like one of those. It, it, um, they'll make it just for you a month early. Yay! Then we've got you don't know Jack that came out on PC 2013. Don't know this game. Uh, you don't know Jack is a uh, multiplayer quiz game where essentially, uh, like it came out previously than that by a long shot on consoles and whatnot. Okay. Essentially, it would be like a series of uh, ten questions, typically you and uh, up to three other people with either controller. Or nowadays, you can play it uh, using your phone as a controller, which is cool. Okay, that's pretty cool. And it was, you know, it'll give you like uh, if Britney Spears was the, uh, you know, the professor of this genre, you know, what kind of professor would she be? And, you know, it just give, like, wild, bizarre answers, but it would have, like, uh, a tie-in, like, maybe, like, one of her songs, and you try to figure out what song it was to this. And it's pretty fun. I really would actually like to get you the... 
Uh, you don't. It sounds know sort of like Jack Bucks. I mean, that's that's what it is. This is. Oh, is that what it is? Is it? You don't know Jacks is the predecessor to the Jack. Oh, okay. I know. I play Jack Bucks. Okay. That that solves everything. Okay. Then, huh? okay. <laughs> um, Golden Eye 007 came out for the Wii in 2010. Yep. Um, never played any of the gold. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm like the worst gamer in the world, so I've not played like. Okay, GoldenEye came out for uh, 64 back in the day. Yeah, and they re-released it for the week because they wanted to feel cool with the motion controls. Right. Uh, didn't exactly come the hot banger they're hoping it was because everybody was like, GoldenEye 007 was one of the first, you know, unique co-op uh, multiplayer shooter experiences that shaped right. the world. So you know, it's like just because it was the first doesn't mean it was the best. Yeah. Just put it that um, We've got Dragon Age Origins that came out on the 360 and PC in 2009. Yep. Um, I'd always seen gameplay of Dragon Age Origins at that at the time. It wasn't a game that interested me, um, and I never had my hands on it. Um, Good solid uh, RPG game. Yeah. I believe it might have came out on PS3 first. I don't remember specifically. Well, I'd actually I don't know that. I, I believe I played it played it on PC. It's a good fun RPG game. Um, yeah, but at that time, you probably still had WoW going strong, so I don't know. That is uh, very, yeah. very excellent. Uh, at the same time, I uh, like started getting heavy into WoW. Then we've got Final Fantasy Dissidia that came out on PSN and PSP in 2009. It's weird because they said PSN, but realistically, I'm not sure if they just meant you could buy it digitally for PSP because it didn't come out for PS3 at all. I'm not sure what okay. the behind that but it's psp specifically this okay. is a game that my best friend nick would live and die by back in like the end of high school and he's like mm -hmm. you can play as each Final fantasy characters you should get a psp i'm like <laughs> i'm not gonna get this game i'm sorry For some reason i was like too cool for it even though it was totally up my alley but uh it, it's a great game pretty much you could play as uh any final fantasy character right hero and villain just they just mash them together right um, next on the list, we've got Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare that came out on all platforms at the time for um, in 2007. So PC, um, PS3, and Xbox. 3, X360, yeah. Um, and so this is probably the biggest item on the list historically, I think. Uh, probably like probably one of the most notably biggest games that like shaped how people play games, like who play games, like yeah. Uh, a lot um, of people played Call of Duty back in the day, but Modern Warfare was like the one that pulled everybody in and started playing games besides us nerds a lot right, more. Right. Um, yeah, I just never, I, I don't know what it is. I just never had the chance to get into Call of Duty. And so a lot of these things don't have um, any significance for me. I played a lot of like uh, Condition Zero, Counter-Strike. Okay. Um, but mostly against bots because our internet connection was never good enough to play online. Oh. And also had like a um, torrented version of it, I believe, a pirated version. And so the servers would never let me come on. It would like, it would auto automatically detect that it was like a not legitimate version of the game and it would just never let me go online. Smart um, and, and your favor, but obviously. Yeah. But. And so my friends uh, recently, actually, maybe two or three years ago, tried to get me into Modern Warfare 2. But they i didn't have the emotional connection to the game that, that they did and so i just didn't enjoy playing with them because they were playing all sorts of like custom modded maps uh but but yeah, anyways I'm, I'm not trying to take away anything from it i know that there was a lot of controversy with how they depicted a lot of the religions uh, or like the culture of the countries that they were they had the campaigns in yeah um specifically with using arabic in a non-arabic country i think mm. that was one of the biggest things um, uh, aside a few other like very 
uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, cultural misappropriation aside, uh, uh, there's a lot of people out there that are pretty like, oh, I don't want to play this game because everybody else wants to play and they think it's cool and honestly, right. it's just a simple game. But then uh, they actually give it a shot. I'm like, holy shit, that's actually pretty good. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I, you know, so, you know, you you know what that sounds like for me. Uh, don't, don't fucking say Fortnite. <laughs> Fortnite. Tyler. God damn it. Uh, sorry, I, I shouldn't say it in vain, but motherfucker. Uh, so, well, I'm just saying that uh, I don't necessarily, you know, despise uh, Call of Duty, especially considering I enjoyed it as a kid and whatnot too. And nowadays, even Black Ops Four, you know, it's a great game. It's just uh, a lot of people like fight against it for the stigma, even though it's a you know a good game. Right. And I'm I'm not one of those people that's going to try to say you know you should get this game, give it a shot because I didn't buy the damn thing. So it's like you know I can't convince you if I didn't get it myself. No. But yeah, I I heard you know if you're on the fence on it and you're trying to be cool to your friends, just don't. Just save yourself some time. Give it a shot sometime. Yeah. Uh, next on um, the okay. list is kind of important yeah. to me. Hey, you Pikachu that came out on the Nintendo 64 in 2000. Mm-hmm. Hey, you Pikachu. Yes. So this sparks uh, and points out that my friendship started this day 18 years ago with my best friend Brandon. Nice. I, I think I probably told you the story about how uh, him and I, when we first met, like after a week, uh, he wanted uh, Hey, you Pikachu, and I wanted his Paper Mario, so we traded. And it turned out that Hey You Pikachu was a god awful game if Paper Mario was to cats me out. <laughs> and I wouldn't trade back. And then we started bickering. We kept seeing each other and he kept trying to find a way to steal it back and whatnot. And that's how we became friends. Oh, what a wonderful start to a friendship. Yep. Uh, for the wedding, and I believe I talked about it before, it's a little bit up there. Uh, the game that's over on the left here, that's Hey You Pikachu right there. He kind of gave it to me as a wedding gift. Just saying, you know, here you can have it back. I don't even want Paper Mario at this. Was point. that your Hey You Pikachu? It's like, was that the original cartridge? Oh hell no! I'm pretty sure that went into the abyss. <laughs> I mean, fuck if I know. Sure, yes, it was the original Hey You Pikachu. Uh, I mean, if he wanted to do that, he should have brought it with the uh, the the headset, or not the headset you put on your head, but there's a microphone you'd slap into the back right. of the 64 controller. That I don't think it really detected actual like uh pitches or anything, it just detected when noise went in there, right? Right, because uh, and I always joked about this like, yeah, at the end of the day, I was spinning Pikachu, it'd be like, say goodbye to the Pikachu, and Brandon would be like, go fuck yourself, Pikachu, and Pikachu would be like, Pika, Pika. I was like, oh, I can just detect that there's actual noise, I can't understand what you're saying for oh. the most part, very limited. So uh, yeah, hey you Pikachu, what's next? Nice. Uh, this game is is of significance for me. So yeah. Crash Bandicoot 2: Cortex Strikes Back on the PlayStation One in 1997. This was the first game I've ever played in my life. Yes, it is. Uh, this game uh, is now of legal drinking age, and this game uh, is now of legal drinking. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, 21 years. Not in my head. Um, yeah, no, I remember this game very well, and I, I'm still, um, I'm, I'm waiting for Black Friday to hit, hit up some of those deals and get the insane trilogy. It's gonna be fun. <laughs> hey, it's gonna, it's gonna be fun, man. It'll be worth it. Um, um, Mega Man out. Six. Yeah. yeah, Mega Man Six. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm sure it came out in the U.S. and I just kind of popped it up because it has uh, some kind of importance. Because Japan obviously is gonna be where it came out first. So Mega Man 6 came out uh, whew, uh, 25 years ago on, uh, in Japan on the, the Nintendo Entertainment System. 
I played Mega Man Legends 2, which was okay. a spin-off of the Le- Mega Man games. It was a more realistic kind of breakdown of the Mega Man games. Yeah. yeah so Mega Man Legends and Mega Man Legends 2. I played the second one. I really enjoyed that. Never finished it. Um, and I, I'm trying to find... Uh, I, I probably shouldn't be saying this, but I really want to get a ROM copy of it and play, play through that. What did it come um, out on? Uh, it was a Game Boy Advance? No, PS1. PS1. Okay. On PS1, yeah. Um, I just haven't gotten around to it. I'm just really lazy. And then I played Mega Man X7. Ooh, I'm so sorry. No, it was really fun. Yeah, I bet. Sure. I enjoyed it. Mega Man X7 was a lot of fun. You got, got to play as Zero. You got to play as Mega Man. You started off the game playing as uh, Axel. I think his name was when they introduced him. That was the first game they introduced him in. So, call me what you will. Yeah. Uh, popular. He's not really popular, but he's like cliche underground popular. His name is uh, the Great Clement or uh, J Clement sixty four two on YouTube, and he was the biggest proponent of Sonic and Mega Man games back in the uh, the you know when YouTube started to become a thing. He was there. He was jumping in the action like two thousand eight, two thousand nine, and pumping out you know, like love for it. Right. And so he is the person that got me that not only used the phrase "Aloha, everybody," it is mm-hmm. I, the Great Clement, and uh, he also instilled into me a hatred of Mega Man X6 onwards, essentially. Like, I watched him play every single Mega Man X game, and then Mega Man X6 happened. He's like, hello, everybody. Am I, uh, you know, is I the Great Clement? And I hate Mega Man X6. And he would say that <laughs> every single fucking time he played Mega Man X6. And I believe this continued into Mega Man X7. And so you say, my, you know, I'm not disrespecting you. I'm just saying, like, I don't remember that being a good game, like, overall. But, you know... Right. It, 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 as long as you had fun, right? If right. Um, I'm gonna let you take this last one because I think this is not this is nothing I'm familiar with. This is a, a day in gaming, but it's not a game that came out. So there was a company back in the day called Mirsoft Limited. Uh, according to the website that I got this from, the entire Mir Empire collapsed uh, the day uh, founder Robert Maxwell drowned himself, and it was believed to be a suicide. Microsoft uh, was in charge of games such as uh, First Samurai, Turtles 2, and uh, Cisco Heat. And uh, because of the suicide and the company starting to collapse as a result of that, uh, sales started going down like crazy because of that. And it was just a company dream that completely went down because of uh, just because of uh, a horrifying event like that. And uh, Obviously, uh, you know, companies come and go. We've seen it. Uh, we, we've experienced it. Maybe not firsthand, but we've, we've experienced it. And uh, just, yeah. All these great games came out. And then uh, just a reminder that, you know, gaming isn't as fun and perfect as it all seems. Oh, no, definitely not. It's kind of sobering sometimes, you know. It's, it's not a perfect, uh, happy machine. No. Rest in peace. Uh, anyways, uh, let, let's super wrap this up on hopefully a better note by talking about uh, us, how we can plug our shit and convince you to stay to the last, you know, three minutes <laughs> of the podcast. I got a killer joke to tell you. No worries. Right. So, uh, Nick, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on twitch.tv forward slash LRWarrior11. Um, I'm the same on Twitter and Instagram at LRWarrior11. Um, I have a stream schedule that I'm not following because school takes priority. And I stream whenever I can. Usually I'm down to about two streams a week. About three to four hours each uh, stream. Uh, usually Overwatch, Destiny 2. I haven't played as much Destiny 2 recently. But 
that's where you can uh, that's where you can find me. Where can we find you, Tyler? Uh, I'm gonna hold off on saying my Twitch stuff just because you know it's like no sense having any teas it there. You can find me on Twitter personally at two times Tyler, all one word, all letters. Two times Tyler. You can find me uh, post about how much I love Pixamon and other horrifying things. Uh, maybe tell you about my naughty natures. For example, I believe I talked about how. I took my Pokemon Go spoofing thing and then used that to trick the McDonald's application to think I was actually there to start my order, even though I was a mile away. And I, you know, basically uh, this morning I wanted McDonald's, but I wanted to just pick it up and go instead of going through the drive through because my windows right. working. But it won't let me actually activate the order until I get there. And it's like, or I can tell him I pretend I'm there. And then it's like, oh, and then the uh, middle show up whenever you're actually ready. Right. And it's like well, that's smarter. It's more fun. And uh, over at Casual Master Quest, uh, you can find us on Twitter at Master Quest Pod. We're starting to build up actually a, a weird repertoire of people. And uh, for those who are listening, getting interested in us, thank you. Like those who listen oh, to yeah, us, for sure. people who've been here this entire time, holy shit! Thank you. You're you're, you're awesome. Thank you. And for the you know new people that came on and uh, they liked the stuff that we're going on, welcome. I hope you guys enjoy and you stay. And, uh, of course, if you want to email us uh, comments, questions, uh, concerns, death threats, uh, we like to avoid the last one, <laughs> but uh, you can email us at casualmasterquest at gmail.com. So, you know, our podcast show at gmail.com. Or tweet at us. Just or yell at us, us, even if you just, you know, just open up your Twitter, you're upset, you've had a bad day, just all caps, just yell at us, and then we'll do something with that on our show. Yeah, it doesn't have to be uh, correlated to our show. If, uh, you know, if uh, Kalos wants to talk about how uh, horrible uh, Nier Automata is for some reason, even though I think he probably would think that it's an okay game, and starts shouting all caps, like, just rants about his day, and he's like, someone fucking shat in my coffee. I hate this shit. I, you know, I want to, you know, kill my boss at work at Master Quest Pod. <laughs> just tag us at the very end, just <laughs> randomly hating the day and just letting us know. He's like, you know, somebody will pay attention. We will got, you know, we have your back if you have a rough day and you want to talk about it. We're here to listen. And, or you can talk about video games, other, you know, anything like that. Uh, anything on your end to give last word on? Um, yeah, I'm, uh, so this is Monday when this episode comes out. When you guys are listening to, it is Monday. The Overwatch World Cup would have already happened. And I'm going to say that South Korea would have won. But I'm hoping for China to win. So let's see what happens. Well, that, that is uh, that is a gamble. Uh, let's hope for China to win. Okay. Uh, and just a quick reminder, Pixamon admin interview next week. Hopefully, likely. Got two people lined up. They're excited. They're also Australian. They live on the opposite sides of the fucking continent of Australia. So Nick and I, you know, we're three hours apart. So midnight for me is 9 p.m. for him. Uh, first person or furthest away is 12 hours apart. So midnight for me is noon for him. And then the person is uh, not as far on the east side of the coast, which is uh, nine hours away. So I got to work with somebody that's three hours away, nine hours away, and then 12 hours away and try to find the right sweet zone. Thankfully, these guys are nightbirds as all hell. So one guy's like, I'll start at 3 a.m. And this other guy's like, I'll do it at midnight. And it's like, I'll do it at noon. And Nick will have to hate himself at 9 a.m. So we'll see how that works. Or I got to I don't remember. No, I think that's right. Anyways, we'll see you next week. And as I promised, I got a good joke for you to wrap us out on. So a man walks into a zoo. The only animal in the entire zoo is the dog. It's a shit suit. <laughs>
Thank you very much. Don't forget to never stop the grind, and we'll see you next week. See you guys later. (laughs) Bye-bye. Find more of our work by searching for Casual Master Quest on iTunes, Google Play, and other podcast players. Check out what we'll be doing next week on Twitter at MasterQuestPod.